This is Wales. Bangor, Newport, Carmarthen, Rill, Bill's Wells, Norpeth, Aberdeer, Port Madog, Colgan, Regent, Aberavon, Wrexham, Merthyr, Neat. This is Wales. Hello and welcome to the latest Welsh Connection show. Today I'm joined by Catherine Elms. You put on such a show, a dazzling display of a mean contender who make the play. With your talking tools, you nearly had me fooled, but it's forged and cheap. I'm in the game, if only they could see But who'd back a calamitous thing like me? So I try to emulate all that you do But my blundering fear bleeds right through They say you better try a bit harder To show us what you're worth I guess I gotta play a bit smarter Vicious industry, you're so slick, all teeth, so unlike me. Is there a way to step out of the constant grind? But I know I have purpose deep inside. Sometimes I think I'll try a bit harder to show them what I'm worth. In fact, I want to play a bit smarter, yeah. So I'll fight, try to be stronger. I really love the album and the music, and I'm sort of struggling to see where your influences come from. How did you get into music in the first place? So I've always been really into music since I was a young child, and um, I used to, so my dad had this like Casio keyboard, and I would write songs on it um, before I really knew what I was doing, so I've always loved songwriting, and like that's been a big way that I've expressed myself creatively, and I remember when I was younger, I used to really be into like movie musicals like Disney and stuff like that. And I would make up harmonies and counter melodies so I could like sing my own parts along with the princesses and stuff. So I've always been really passionate about it. And then when I was about 16, 17 years old, I discovered this band called the Dresden Dolls. 
who, for those of you who don't know, they're, they're a two-piece band and it's a drummer and a pianist. And Amanda Palmer, the pianist, plays the piano in like this really aggressive punk style. And it's kind of like, yeah, like punk cabaret and I'd never heard a piano used that before in that way before and what really inspired me about them was that um, you know Amanda Palmer isn't like a classical pianist she is very punk she's sort of self-taught herself and I realized that it didn't matter that I had never kind of had formal music lessons as a child that that didn't have to hold me back and that I could make like kind of powerful impactful emotional music you know regardless of of the fact that I hadn't had any formal lessons so when I was 17 I you know inspired by that taught myself how to play the piano um, starting off by learning their songs and then writing my own um, and it all kind of grew from there really. Joe, you know, I can remember those old Casio keyboards mm. <laughs> they, they were just so I mean so reasonable to buy cheap cheap mm. but what great sounds and you know I think that led to um, a great development of, of musical um, interest and skills in a lot of people it's mm. a good grounding point a good starting point definitely yeah it made it really accessible for people didn't it and like you had the drum sounds as well so you can like be your own DJ at the same time yeah it was great so did your dad mind you using his, his keyboard? Or his... No, he loved Didn't it. Didn't guard yeah. it jealously? No, no, he was great. He was great. I remember, so my dad has also never had like formal music lessons, but he's got an amazing year. He can like listen to something and then kind of pick up how to play it. And I remember him sitting down with me and teaching me how to play songs. So we'd listen to something. He'd kind of teach me how to play it just through listening and that, yeah, I always found that really inspiring too. I think there's something, I don't know, there's something really empowering, isn't it? About like not letting any limitations hold you back and kind of using your own brain and your skills to you know still create music and being creative the whole you know the whole creativity thing is very important Mm. to to well-being i think we saw that through lockdown Mm. where the one thing that kept certainly kept me going was was music yes you know where where would we be without that intrigued when people mention their parents in relation to the music and their music skills mm. I think it's fantastic your dad was so encouraging mm. when when you wanted to make that step into making music your profession was the support still there or do you think or, or were they going oh no 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 get a proper job mm. 
Um, I mean, I think they've always been very supportive of my creativity and um, they attend every show that they can, even to this day. And, you know, they always are super, super proud of me and and really congratulatory. Um, But yeah, I think there is also this element of kind of wanting to you know wanting the best for me and wanting to protect me and I think yeah certainly when I was growing up it was like well this is amazing but you need to be practical you know what I mean and I think that like I I, I don't kind of resent that in any way I think that comes from a, a place of love and, and protection because actually it is a really difficult industry for musicians for anyone creative and I think it's kind of getting harder and harder in a lot of ways as well so I completely recognize where that comes from but I'm gonna try anyway Please take this song as an apology Here's my heart, it's in my hands I don't know where else it should be Yes, there's a lot of blood and veins But you can see it beat, beat, beat and twitch From my mouth and my body wouldn't betray me when There's another setback, lost track And I think I'll never speak again How can these tiny incidentals Destroy your mind so easily?
I'm tired of waiting for my fear to bleed out of me I guess this awkward form is the way I'm supposed to be Then maybe one day, maybe one day One day I know I'll be something To be true and honest to yourself, you need to be. When, you, when you've got that great spark of creativity within you, you've, you've got to chase it because I think you'll spend mm. a, life, a lifetime regretting it otherwise. Yes. And we know what you can do because <laughs> we're going to be listening to the album throughout the show. <laughs> you spoke about your, your formative years playing on, playing on the keyboard and your dad you know, helping you develop that skill. But how do you make the move from just messing around on the keyboard to creating and writing your own music? Well, I've always created and written my own music since I was young. Um, you know, I was writing songs when I was five, six years old. So it's never been a move so much as it's something that's been kind of woven throughout everything. And, and I think that when I've learned how to play or how to sing or, you know, these particular techniques, it's always been in service of the songs rather than as its own thing. So I identify as a songwriter first and probably a singer second and a pianist third. So, yeah, it's always kind of been really inter interconnected in that way. In terms of the move from kind of just doing it in my bedroom to doing it more professionally, I think that's just kind of evolved as I've got older as well and kind of constantly trying to push myself to get out there and share it with people and um, for me sharing my art is is a really important part of it I think there's absolutely value in doing things kind of for its own sake and, and then keeping that to yourself but for me I get a lot of joy in sharing it with people and connecting with other people um, through my art so um, you mentioned well-being just now and, and creativity and I write a lot about you know these kind of dark themes like depression and anxiety and I've had so many amazing conversations with people after my shows who've really connected with my music on that level and have talked about how they've felt seen and they've felt um, kind of moved and inspired and, and I think that's really important. I think when an artist can connect with their audience in that way, it's, it's very important and can be a great mm. help to, to the people listening to the music as well mm. because you write a song it means something to you. But to another person who's listened to it, it can mean something completely different. Mm. You know, and songs can take us through difficult periods mm. in our life. I can see right through the cell Proclaimed good guy is all there I Keeps me safe and small Cause I'm sick of collapsing To myself pass unnoticed I'm scared of what they know they could do Say 
Sick of collapsing into myself past unnoticed I'm scared of what they know they could do to keep me here So I open my eyes I know they can feel them burning How can I rewrite the rules So I can never lose Self-certainty is a weapon Victory Speaking then about um, the evolution of, of your music and how, you know, the, the development of you as an artist, can you remember the first time you played live? Mm. Um, do you mean my own music? Yeah, your, your music. Yes. The, so the first time, so, so I used to play the guitar a little bit as a teenager before I played the piano, actually. So the first gig I ever played was when I went to Gosain College and um, they had a little open mic type event over lunch and I played a couple of songs that I'd written on the guitar and I was terrified um I think I only played three songs but I really enjoyed it it was amazing I loved yeah just loved kind of being able to share that with people and I got a lot of really lovely feedback as well and that really encouraged me to keep going and when you get that bug Mm. after the first performance it's very hard to turn your back on it isn't it yes yeah definitely now you know I love your songs I think your album is absolutely fantastic Mm, thank you what's the starting point when you're creating a new song, where does the inspiration come from? So I write from, it's a very internal process. I write from my own feelings and my experiences. And I usually write as a way of kind of processing those feelings. So if something's happened to me or if I'm feeling a particular thing, that'll be the starting point. And with, I normally start with the lyrics and then move to the piano and kind of tinker around and it becomes a bit of a back and forth and kind of um, evolves and grows from there. So when you've written this song, who, do you use anyone as a sounding board? Is, if you, have you got a go-to person and say, look, my new song, what do you, what do you think of this? Mm, I don't think I do, no, I don't think so. I, I have always been quite insular in that way and I think I'm going to try and, and change that a bit. Um, so actually, um, when I was writing the album, I... 
um, I, I had written like the group of songs and I, and I was always really clear about which songs are going to be on the album. But I did actually go to my good friend Morgan, who is a poet. And I was like, can you just have a listen and have a read and like make sure there's nothing cringy in here? Um, which he did. And I was really grateful for that. He was brilliant. But normally, like if I'm just writing just a song, I would normally be quite insular. But I am trying to change that and get a bit more feedback um, as part of the process. Hey, whatever you do, it works. Because the <laughs> album is great. Tell me a little bit about this album then. Because mm. it was released a couple of weeks ago. We show you do an intimate session at Swansea Bay Records. Then you had the official launch at the Elysium, mm. which was a fantastic event, I'm told. Mm, Tell me a little bit about where the album came from. I started writing it as as kind of a piece of work in lockdown, actually. Um, I had had a lot of... You know, as as we all did, I had a lot of time to reflect on what was important to me. And um, at that time, I'd had a long break from from creating music. I was feeling really burned out and um, I'd had a lot of kind of mental health issues. And then in lockdown, I was kind of reflecting on what was important to me and what my values were and reconnecting with my creativity. And I realised that songwriting and creating and sharing music with people was actually really important to me. And I think that's actually what I'm here to do. Like, that's the thing that lights me up. That's when I feel most alive and most like myself. Um, So I committed to completing, you know, to finishing writing that album and working with the studio to bring it to life. And and ultimately, that's what I did. So the album kind of is itself a reflection of that journey. So it's called I Have Seen It, I Do Not Fear It. And it's about kind of coming out of those darkest places. You know, you've, you've been to the bottom and... Um, you've emerged from it as a stronger person and as a braver person and although things aren't magically better you know things are still difficult it's still empowering to overcome and to keep trying and that's what the title I hope uh, reflects and and that's what the whole album itself reflects so it's it's sort of split into two halves the first half is the darker half and it's more about those um, feelings of you know, when you're stuck in that really dark place. So feelings of overwhelm and frustration and longing for something more, but not really being sure what that is and being afraid of breaking out of of your comfortable, normal life. And then the second half kind of shifts into the kind of unfolding and the becoming. Um, And Fire Song, which is my second single, that marks that shift in the album. So that's at the exact halfway point. And it's about overcoming, burning your old life down and emerging anew. Through the night like a curse 
like a blessing and no one can build a city out of ash and yet I feel it still and yet I feel its will life pins you down and lovers will be liars and the demons come disguised as friends the way One thing that's blown me away since you know the album sort of came on the radar when, when you did that fan, you did a fantastic pre-release campaign as well because you were everywhere. Oh, you know good. we had those great <laughs> images with the album cover. Catherine mm. Allen was literally 
Out of me, you went onto Facebook or any site, <laughs> any type of social media, you were there, Instagram the lot. Oh, good. <laughs> Some fantastic images came out of there, particularly from the videos. Mm. Where do the ideas come from with, with the videos? Because, I mean, the songs themselves are very evocative, but when you see the videos, they're very mm. powerful, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, thank you. I worked with an amazing videographer called Scott Chalmers. Um, he is the videographer who works with the artists in, in the recording studio that I recorded my album in, so that was how we got in touch. And he has a very um, theatrical style, and so I worked with him to come up with some really striking imagery that would go with the songs. And I always wanted those music videos to be like, to tell their own story and to match the song really well and to really bring them to life. And I think my favorite music video of the three that I did is Monday Eyes. The video elevates the song. Like it's, it's best, the song is best heard with the music video because then you can see the full story of the song. And I think it adds a lot of kind of pathos to it.
when when you were developing the ideas for the videos, because this really does intrigue me, and mm. as I said, they're, they're brilliant. I urge anybody to check them out on YouTube. Mm. But when you were developing the ideas for these for these short films, were all the ideas yours, or did Scott have some sort of input into it? Because what I'm trying to get at is, you know, people go into the studios with an idea of what they want, but they often come out with something very different. Mm. Did the concept remain, or does the finished product remain true to the concept? Yes, I think it does. Um, so most of the ideas were mine. Um, I, I had quite a clear vision for what I wanted each of them to be, and I also wanted each video to be quite different as well. And I kind of worked with Scott in terms of kind of the practicalities of bringing that to life, and he was, um, you know, so, so the concept came from me, but then his role was really important as well in the specific shots, and he's got a great eye for that kind of detail and, you know, things like the lighting that would bring the story to life um, and that sort of thing. Yeah, so, so it was very collaborative, and I watched a lot of other music videos um, to kind of get inspiration from as well. I'm, I'm really into a lot of metal music, so I watched a lot of, like, metal videos, and they tend to be very theatrical and dramatic, and um, I was kind of, kind of trying to channel some of that theatricality into my own work. The frustrations of neutrality haunt me daily and especially nightly. Oh, and your favorite line, it is what it is. Isn't it good enough to ask what's right? Softly enough that no one could object. I withdraw again in my shameful earnestness. Oh God, the things I've done my
try to tell yourself that justice is an acquisition I would gladly trade my accolades if we could be a revelation Let's pretend we're not what we've been through or hold ourselves to Looking back on the album and the whole process of recording it, is there anything that you would do differently second time around? I don't know if there's anything I would do differently, but I've learned a lot of lessons and I intend to do things differently next time. And it's not quite the same thing. Um, so this is my first album. And so it was a very, very steep learning curve. And there was a lot about it that I'd never done before. So I've never done a music video. I've never worked with a, like a professional recording studio. It's my first studio recorded music. I've never done like a social media campaign. I've never done a PR campaign. So it was like so much to learn and a lot to learn in quite a short space of time as well. So although I'd been writing for a long time, the album cycle has sort of only been about 12 months. So, you know, that taught me a lot. And, you know, I, I did kind of make mistakes and um, my, you know, my inexperience in certain places, I guess, kind of slowed things down in a way. So there was a lot of me asking questions and like, oh, why can't we do this? Why are we doing this? Um, but I think that's okay and I think that's part of the process and I think the first album is always you know I'm, I'm super super proud of it but I think from here on out is like where my you know my work's going to keep growing yeah. from here do you know what I mean well that's a really healthy way to look at it isn't mm. it and it's, and it's a very practical way as well yes I suppose so <laughs>
As you said, you're quite rightly proud of the album. I mean, I've heard it's been on the turntable for a rotation, really. Mm. It's you know since I saw you at Sunday Bay Records, I was like, wow, I'm really good to play this. And we've been playing it in the shop as well. Oh, that's awesome! So it's gone down, gone down really well. <laughs> you spoke briefly then about what you do differently in the future. What are your next plans? Because album number one, Under Your Belt, mm. people say the hardest album possibly. But have you used up all your best songs in album one? What's going to go on album two? Mm. Well, I have started writing album two. So I, I I think, you know, I'm really looking forward to making my second album because I've learned so much in the first and I think I'm just going to keep growing as an artist and as a business person, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And there are things now that I can kind of plan a bit further in advance so I can plan things like visuals. I've got a longer time to think about um, kind of the album as a whole piece of art so not just the songs but also the you know the photography the videography and I'm thinking about how I can plan all that as a cohesive unit right from the outset which I'm really excited about yeah and you know I'm, I'm still writing it so I'm, I'm still figuring out exactly what it'll 
feel like what it will be about but there'll probably be as with the first one a bit of an overarching concept because i am really fond of concept albums in that way i do you know when you were talking there about the second album I'm like, oh, this is a good, this could be another concept album mm, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that we love a concept album yeah. what's the fan feedback been like to the first album Oh, it's been great. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Yeah, I've had a lot of amazing feedback. And, you know, I think because the music I make is a little bit niche, it's not kind of mainstream pop. So I tend to not so much have a wider reach, but like the few people that do support my music tend to be really fiercely supportive. Um, And I really love that. I, I think that's the right way around for me, if you know what I mean. Um, Yeah, so I've had a lot of really great feedback. A lot of people who talked about kind of emotionally resonating with the album and really connecting with the messages of it which is exactly what I wanted Here in your arms is my safest shelter Cause you're my best friend and I'm your girl You said you love me like the the sea, a wild force that's tempered into tides. In a crowded room and I don't know what to do, cause no one knows me quite like you. I down another drink so I don't have to
I'd like to give a huge shout out to the people I worked with on the album. So I worked with The Nest Studios in Brighton and with Michigan Fitzgerald and Gary Mitchell, who kind of, uh, you know, run the studio and they were my engineers and producers. They were the best people to work with. They were so patient and supportive and creative and really committed to understanding my vision and kind of bringing it to life. So I would highly, highly recommend working with them. They're amazing people. And also the other musicians on the album. So there was Hannah Pirano on strings, Anna Miley and Brian Viglioni from the Dresden Dolls on drums. Um, and I also had a lot of amazing support um, from a vocal coach called Georgia Train. Um, and she's also kind of coached me in a bit of a personal capacity and really encouraged me to kind of stay true to myself and keep going when things are really difficult. I was really, really grateful for, for them as a team around me. So I want to give them a massive shout out. I also wanted to mention that I've got a tour coming up. So I'm going to be touring in the new year. I'm still um, finalising all the dates, but my first date is in Cardiff and Tiny Rebel on the 21st of January. And then I've got dates in Newport, London, Brighton and um, Guernsey, randomly enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that'll, that'll all be announced officially on my socials and on my website. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, oh, and also I've got, I mean, if anyone's interested in listening to the album, obviously it's on Spotify and you can buy it on Bandcamp. And I've also got some really lovely merch that goes along with the album um, that you can buy on Bandcamp. So I've got some beautiful art prints and I've got a companion zine that tells like the story of the album. Um, so if anyone is interested in kind of supporting me and my art and my work um it would be really great if you wanted to to buy any of that merch and um, that would really support me are you really such trouble with this pr campaign <laughs> it sounds that that's a complete package oh no was it a bit salesy no it's great <laughs> one thing i wanted to ask mm. you mentioned at the start of the interview listening to the dresden dolls mm. you end up working with one of them mm. how does that feel oh it was amazing yeah <laughs> yeah so so brian was you know one of the members of the band that encouraged me to start playing the piano in the first place and then to have him drum on my album on my debut album just feels really serendipitous and like everything's come full circle and I feel really really grateful and lucky to have such an and he's a fantastic drummer as well like we had this great call where we were jamming the songs together and I was very starstruck and he just immediately got it like we started playing and he was like right I got it and just hammered out the perfect drum beat so it was a fantastic experience thanks so much for spending time with me today uh, to talk about your album it, it, it really is a fantastic album i wish you every success but can you do one favor for me can you sum mm. up Catherine elms in one sentence oh gosh <laughs> i would say i think i would describe it as piano driven introspective music with dark intensity
say all your futures start today and there are things I know I should do use the silence to paint over the cracks call my mother stop looking back try to stop thinking about you Does it mean to make the most of this? My time and spools like a broken cassette Frame by frame the incidentals of daily living Stream out ahead And wasn't it nearly something? Making the most of this yet God knows I can't waste another year But then there's always something wasting another year I can't fix this, but I could fix myself through